dynamic blessings. Welcome to another episode of How You Can Do with your host, your boy, Alvy Daniel Thompson Jr. Life is good. Enjoying another great day in South Florida. And I'm really excited about a project that I just finished for busy professionals. And it is called the Holistic Health Handbook for busy professionals. Basically, I wanted to put together a simple guide that you could use no matter how busy your schedule is and still want to make great health choices so that you can look, feel, and perform your best. You can get the Holistic Health Handbook. I'll leave a link for it here below. And you can also find it on the front page of my website, mrucan2.com. In today's episode, we got part two with my man, Martin Gelspan. And in the second part of our conversation here, we dive into masculinity. What is masculinity? We talk about what's toxic masculinity and ultimately what we feel like we can do better as men and how men can show up powerfully in their relationships and for themselves. If you enjoyed this conversation, please, please, please share it with your family, friends, and loved ones. It would mean the world to me if you leave a five-star rating and a review of the show. I honor you, I appreciate you, and as always, you can too. Enjoy the show. Martin, my brother, welcome back. The first part was so great, we decided we're going to jump in and do a part two. And when we were wrapping up our last conversation, we were really talking about the importance of vulnerability in relationships and I know that this is something that's so important to you and your relationship with Kate. And I would love for you to share with us and with the listeners just the power that vulnerability has and how someone could bring that into the relationship. So I think just being your absolute raw self with somebody else that's in front of you is going to allow you guys to have just a way better relationship because uh, you're not hiding things, right? Uh, But as far as, you know, we spend a lot of time together. We spend a lot of time together because we work together. Mm-hmm. And honestly, we, we enjoy each other's company. We live together. You know, we travel together. We do everything together. Uh, so the only time when we're not together is when we are training our separate clients. But when we're doing the ads, when we're doing the fitness events, whenever we're working out, we go to yoga, we do everything together. Um, yep. So we've gotten to the point where we look at each other. And we kind of know that the other person is either not doing well or they're just going inward or they're going into some sort of like negative spiral um, or even sometimes like facial expressions, <laughs> you know, and, and of course. most of the time what happens in relationships is we don't ask. Mm. And I spoke about this on my last post that I put up on Instagram, where as men, we are taught that when a woman is trying to talk about her feelings, about something that happened in the relationship, we call that nagging, Mm. right? So a woman starts talking and you're like, oh my God, here we go again. That's how I've always reacted. Mm -hmm. I obviously no longer do that. Uh, And if for whatever reason my my hurt self wants to kind of do that, I will do my absolute best to stop it or apologize if I do. But the one thing that we do is whatever it is that we see the other person going through, we'll ask, what are you thinking right now? Mm. And it could be the silliest thing. It could be something that has nothing to do with the other person. 
Uh, but we stop right then and there and we go through everything, the entire thought process that's going through our head, what we're thinking about, why we're thinking about it. Uh, even if it's like super silly and we're kind of like embarrassed to say it, we just do it because it allows the other person to understand exactly where I'm at. Mm. And it doesn't give them the opportunity of just creating this crazy story in their own head of like, are they mad at me? Or, you know, are they thinking this way about me? Or was he checking out that girl? Like, why was, just ask. And I think that's one of the biggest problems in relationships we don't ask. Mm. As men, we don't want to ask because we're so innately taught that if we're asking and we're like, then we're insecure. Mm. You know? Right. If, if I feel like you did something or you did something that actually hurt me, I'm going to talk about it. Right. And, and if she wants to do the same thing, I'm going to say, OK, well, why did it hurt you? Why do you think that I was doing this or why do you think I said this? And then we have a community conversation back and forth that allows us to resolve the problem right then and there. Because if not, we're very good at creating stories. Of course, we're very good at creating stories and we're very good at creating negative stories in our heads. Mm -hmm. Inaccurate yeah. stories. Inaccurate. <laughs> stories, Exactly. And then we go into resentment. Right. We resent the other person because we're like, oh, well. She could like, there's many times where I'm looking off to the left and I'm looking at traffic, you know, cause I'm driving and yeah, there might be a girl there. I'm not necessarily checking her out, but she's in my peripheral vision and, and she's mentioned it before. We're like, oh, you know, I did see that. And she would go ahead and ask me like, oh, or, or whatever it is, you know, right. we, we just make sure that we understand what the other person is thinking kind of at all times, which seems a little bit invasive, but that's how we work. And that's what allows us to not have big arguments. I love that. I mean, it, it's creating the space and having the permission to be able to let things out. And I'm curious when y'all are doing that, is it say she's asking you what you're thinking? Is it that you start and say everything that you're thinking and she knows like not to interrupt and to interject? Like basically how do you do it in such a way where you get to say everything or she gets to say everything without any type of interjection coming in? time right like if she's asking me like what's going on in your head i'm gonna tell like you that. everything that's going on in my head mm -hmm. and then even there like i might be having i might have a thought in my head which could potentially turn into a negative thing and by me talking about it to her that's my therapy and we can kind of go back and forth and she can get me out of a possible slump that i might get into i love that you know which could obviously later on lead to a disagreement that we have or an argument that we have just because i'm not doing well in my own head I love that. Do you know what I, mean? I love that. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, I think it's just asking the other person what what is it that you're thinking about, mm -hmm. um, and if they're in a moment where they just don't feel like talking because sometimes that happens to me, and you, you know you mentioned how that happens to you. For sure. You say, hey, listen, it's not a personal thing. I'm going through something in my head, and I think I need a few minutes. I need an hour, whatever it is, to kind of get out of it or to be able to even talk about it. Right. Because sometimes you're not even sure why you feel a certain way. Mm. You're not hundred percent, right? You're like, damn, I just feel sad for whatever reason. So you can say, okay, let me just internalize it. And then, you know, when I'm ready, we'll talk, we'll talk about it. I love that. And I, and I think what's so great about it is initially it starts with this level of communication to where even if you don't feel like talking about the whole thing in that moment, you need a second, an hour, whatever it is. Now that your partner knows that, right? Your wife knows that and she can not necessarily just grant you that time, but now it allows her to get out of her own head around like, all right, well, what's the next step here, right? That really opens it up. And to your point, 
this is a huge aspect of vulnerability, which is super important. And there's another way of being that I see showing up in that as well. And that's courage. And when I say that, I mean that there can be a lot of fear. And I'll just speak for myself. There can be fear that can come up in my head around why I don't want to fully explain something, fully express something in that moment. Yet the courage is what allows me to say it anyways and know that deep down the reason why I'm doing this is for the betterment of the relationship. Yes, there might be fear behind it. It might be uncomfortable. It might not be what's easy to do in that moment, but it's the courage that allows me to allow it to come to the forefront and now open up that door and create that space where better understanding can happen. And I think that is extremely manly. That's very masculine. Uh, and unfortunately, in today's society, especially in you know the way our parents were raised and our grandparents were raised, that was very much like a feminine trait, like talking about your stuff, talking about your emotion. But if you really think about it, the really courageous people are the women that are able to kind of like talk about their stuff mm -hmm. without holding back. Absolutely. Right? And I think it is very courageous as a man to talk about all the problems that you're having inside your head, all the insecurities that you're having inside your head. Because mm -hmm. as a man, we're taught that being insecure is a negative thing. And again, mm -hmm. there's different levels of insecurity, but every person is insecure in their own way. Mm. But if you're able to talk about the things that you're insecure about, then you'll soon learn that a lot of people deal with the same thing. And it's one of the most human things that you can experience. Oh, for sure. We, 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 I, I make up that we all know what that type of feeling is. And to your point, it's part of the human experience. I like that. I like that. I'm curious, like, what do you think now in terms of, because I think there's a lot of conversations that are going on around, you know, what does it mean to be a high value man, a great man? What is masculinity? What is toxic masculinity? And all, all these different aspects of things. And you have all different types of thought leaders that are out there who are speaking on these subjects. And one of the things that I find is that the reason why a lot of these thought leaders, no matter what what side they stand on, what they say or what they believe in, because many people believe in different things, I just think there's a yearning out there for young men to be better, right? And I think that's that's part of the masculine trait. It's like we at the end of the day, we do want to be great. Right. It's like we want to reach our potential. That's something that's very important to us. But sometimes we don't know how to bring that potential out of ourselves. And to your point, what we talked about in the last episode, it's almost like this external validation of like, OK, are other people talking about these things? So or does a person that I really look to talk about these things or not talk about this thing so that it could potentially be OK for me? And I'm curious now, like when you just think about masculinity, what is what what does like a, a high value man bring to the table or what is what is great i'm not gonna say positive masculinity i'm not gonna say toxic masculinity but just an effective form of masculinity yeah i think um it's a lot in there i think like primarily safety okay right, for the people around you mm -hmm. um and within that you know finances is one of those things because it does bring safety and it does uh, bring a level of comfort that people around you can live with. Um, but also uh, leadership. I think leadership is huge. 
And leadership, I don't mean like do this, do that. You know, there's different types of leadership. But I think leadership, which is leading by example. Mm-hmm. Um, spending time with your family. Uh, and just, I think, helping others, like I said, just live more fulfilled lives, just be of service to people. I being love that. Being of service, being vulnerable, being compassionate, being empathetic. A lot of the things that are usually mistaken as feminine traits or female traits Mm -hmm. uh, I think if men can bring that forward together with everything that a man is supposed to be um, is what masculinity should be I feel that you know I feel that Um, I think there's a lot more like you said before the word courage with being open and vulnerable and saying that you're insecure and talking about all the things that you're not so sure about mm-hmm. right because the masculine man right like the the one that's always chasing like that external validation which is why there's like you know trying to get very nice cars and very expensive watches and really and, and all the women right because if, mm-hmm. if you get a lot of women you're you're a manly man and like i don't think mm-hmm. that that is necessarily true right you know um yeah, I, I think I think uh, that aspect of vulnerability is what allows you to become a better man. I love that. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, one of the things that I talk about is, or how I identify myself is being a dynamic man. And when I think about being dynamic, it's understanding that there's so many aspects of me that make me me, right? It's like, you know, other people may try to put me in a box or try to say what a man should be. But at the end of the day, it's I decide what that is for myself, right? And I love what you talk about in terms of leading by example, being able to provide a level of safety, right? Physical safety, emotional safety, mental safety, all of that. But then also being able to have what one might call, quote unquote, soft skills, right? These skills where you can be a great communicator, where you can clearly articulate yourself, right? Where you're, you know, when I hear leading by example, a big part to me is is living out my values. So if one of my biggest values is health, then that means I'm leading by example in how often I move my body and how I manage my stress and how I eat and the types of interactions I find myself in. All of those things fall into that. And I think another big one that ties into all this as well is is as a man it's being my word right and i think that this really falls into the safety side because how can my fiance feel safe if i'm not doing what i say i'm going to do right or if i do say i'm going to do something and i don't do it am i coming up with excuses as to why I didn't do it? Or do I own up from it, learn from it and say, hey, this is how I'm going to be better going forward? Because at the end of the day, I know I'm going to make mistakes, right? I'm not perfect, but I do my best to be excellent in everything that I do. And I think that's a huge part of manhood. It's like, we get to go out there and be excellent in everything that we do. Excellent as a lover, excellent as a friend, excellent as a business partner, excellent as just everything that we do. And when we fall short, it's just learning from it and growing from there. Yeah, but to your point, how you said you're going to make mistakes. 
owning up to that, I think, is very manly. Oh, for sure. Right? Because, man, my, like I said, and again, I, I can talk about personal experiences and, you know, my grandpa and my dad. And, and, and I've heard this, you know, millions of stories from other people, from their dads and their grandparents, right? They make a mistake and they're not owning up to it. Right. And I don't think that is a manly trait at all. You know, I, you know, uh, a dad can be driving, right? And, and they don't want to turn on the GPS because they know where they're going, right? right? And if they get lost, no, they want it to go that way. You know, no, it's okay. Just say, dude, fuck, I fucked up. Right. I literally, if you can say as a man, I fucked up, own up to it, and then make changes accordingly, that I think is a very good man. I love that. A good human in general, but, you know, speaking about men specifically. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because what I would you do, oh, sorry, go ahead. Because I do think women have an easier time admitting when they mess up. And unfortunately, that's because society has, has allowed for that, you know, that kind of behavior, mm -hmm. right? It's like, okay, well, if that happens often, you know, then, and, and women are obviously very good at communicating and expressing their emotions, then they're going to talk about it. But, you know, men usually don't have the ability to talk about that. So when they mess up, they don't want to actually admit it. Right. I think a big part of that is embarrassment. You know what I mean? It's right, like, but it's like, what, what are you embarrassed about? Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the funny thing about it. It's like, there's the stories that we make up in our own head as to why one of us is embarrassed in our own situations or how we show up. I mean, again, too, it's like, it's really, it can be really difficult for someone to say, my bad. Or like I messed up. Like don't get me wrong. If we're if we're in the we're in the park, we're playing ball. I make a bad pass. It goes out of bounds. It's so easy for me to be like, oh my fault, my bad, right? L little right, little you know things like that. But even though it's not deep, I I love to use the superficial things as a almost as like a clue for someone to be like, hey, like no, but you know what this is like because you've done this before, right? So how do you now take that? Cause you just understand it. Like, okay, on the outside, like, okay, I meant to do a good pass. You know, the ball got away from me. It went out of bounds. All right, like I can see where I messed up, where I hurt the team. But sometimes it can be hard to see that in our family dynamic and our family team where it's like, damn, I just, I just took a terrible shot. It's like, man, I could have had easy bounce pass layup for this other person, but I decided I wanted to try to be you know, a hero and take this terrible shot. And it's like, I didn't even have to do all that. But I might have put so much pressure on myself to make every single basket that I don't even realize, like, damn, my team isn't winning. And my team is always going to be me, Alejandra, in the future, our kids and our, our closest friends and family. And that's why I always say it's like being a man, being a leader is being able to lead the team and being able to lead is being able to one do it by example right two it's being able to admit when i messed up right and then three it's knowing also when to follow right when to let another person lead and go do the thing and just be a supporter and and have the assist even if that is a woman of course, of course. which men have a really hard time with it can be where, where do you see, where do you typically see that happening the most in terms of like the hard time? What would you say are like some of the examples that you see? I think it's like one of the things that I always had a really hard time with in my life was saying I'm sorry. 
mm-hmm. apologizing was like the craziest thing. I also had a really hard time like complimenting people, but I think that's just like a whole another story. But as mm-hmm. far as apologizing, I always had a really hard time. <laughs> You know, and it's like if somebody was trying to make me realize that I did something wrong, I'd be like, okay, 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 okay. But it's never just like, hey, I'm sorry, I messed up. And after that, it's like these are the things that I can change. Because if you're just saying I'm sorry, but you are not actually internalizing and realizing what it is that you can change, so you're not leading mm-hmm. by example. You're just mm-hmm. shutting the other person up. You're dismissing the other person because you're like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right. Um, I forgot the question that you asked though. Yeah. What I was just saying, like, how do we, like, what are the tangible ways you see out there where men are dropping the ball in terms of being a great man, right? Showing a great, you know, showing great masculinity. What are the things they're doing wrong? Hmm. I think, um, wow, that's a good question. That I, yeah. that I need to think about a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Take your time. I would love for you to to give me kind of like your, if if you have any like specific points that you'd like to talk about that and see if I could expand on them. No, for sure. So I would say something where I see men dropping the ball in terms of like their masculinity is this idea that they can't ask for help, right? I used to be the, I, I could tell you, I, and even I could still, fall to this to this day if I'm not careful about it. But I think there's this idea that as a man, quote unquote, I'm supposed to do everything by myself, right? Whether it's achieve something great, fall into a problem. It's like, even if I know there's someone that can help me, it's like, nah, I'd rather take three times the amount of time to say that I I did it by myself, that I'm a quote unquote self-made man, where in reality, it's like, I could have got there so much faster and had so much more of an impact if I would have just received the help. Okay, I'm going to talk about a specific subject um, where, yes, I agree with you. I kind of like, I was having a hard time just kind of like uh, connecting the things that you were asking me. Um, One of the biggest things that leads to problems in relationships and, you know, men having a problem with women is sex. Can we talk about this subject? Absolutely. Okay, when you're a young boy, right, what happens? Right? The kids that are your age, let's say you're 10 years old or 12 or 13 years old, maybe they have older brothers, right? And, or, or whatever, like somebody read something or they saw somebody, something online and every single boy will tell you that they know everything. Right. You know? And even in, in this, you know, these boys grow up to be men and they keep doing the same thing, so we're going to get there. Uh, but as a boy, you, know, you have your little insecurities. And you have somebody else that also has their insecurities, but they're very vocal about how they don't have insecurities. Right. So they're like, I know, you know, how to make a, how to please a girl. And I know how to like make a girl, you know, orgasm or whatever it is that they know how to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a, as a boy where you're insecure and you're not that vocal, you internalize it and you're like, oh man, I don't know how to do anything or I don't know how to do things right but everybody else seems to know what they're doing, so I'm just gonna mm. act like I know what I'm doing. Nah, fake it till you make it. Right, and then what happens? 80% of women, adult women, will tell you that they usually fake their orgasms. Right. Or that women like fake their orgasms 80% of the time, and that's because men don't know what they're doing in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And it's just as easy as asking the women that you have in front of you, is what I'm doing okay? And what are the things that I can do to help you get to where you want to get to. Right. What do you like? Right? Because like, 
talk to any man that's like super manly, right? They know exactly what they're doing and they can go for four hours. <laughs> they yeah. have sex for four hours. Yeah, right. Like all the things that you cannot do, every other man can do. And you're mm -hmm. just like, right? And, and, and as men, we don't talk about it and, and we become very insecure. And even the ones that say that they know what they're doing, they're also very insecure because nobody's talking about it. So I think being a man that's leading by example and says, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Not just in sex. I'm talking about in, in anything in life. I don't know what I'm doing because nobody in this life knows exactly what they're doing. Right. Right? Like you set up this podcast and you're doing a very good job, but like every single day you're learning. Of course. And every single day you make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And every single day is an opportunity for growth. 100%. So if as a man you can literally accept that you just don't know everything and that we mess up and that we're insecure, it would just make everything so much better. It would make everything so much easier. I believe so too. I believe so too. And it's so interesting you bring this up because the reason why, or at least one of the reasons why I believe this happens so much, when I say this, it's this aspect of not necessarily knowing what to do in specific situations and just trying to figure it out, figure it out on our own and also fake like we do know exactly what's going on. And what I think is missing is truly having rites of passages with our elders, right? With our people, because you alluded to this before where it's like, you know, I might act a certain way because I'm mirroring what my dad did because I learned from him. And he's probably doing what his dad did. And he's doing what his dad did. You can just go on and on and on. And growing up, when we were more tribal societies, we had these things that we had to do as both young men and young women, where it was a rites to passage, where it's like, hey, this is how you go from being a boy to now being a man. And you would learn about it for years you would hear the elders telling the stories on what it was required you were gaining an education on this and then when your time came at that specific age based off of your culture and your tradition you would now go through and go do those things to become a man and a lot of that stuff is missing today like we're both jewish men and you know this rites of passage is supposed to be bar mitzvah right but in reality it's just it's a it's a celebration, right? There's 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 reading from from Torah and, and specific things that are done and that we say, right? But but we don't really there's really no transition. It's just hey, you're 13 years old. This is what you do now, right? There's not like a physical or emotional or something that we got to actually do to get to the other side. And it's so fascinating. I was having a conversation with. Um, one of my mentors, Mike DeSanti, amazing, amazing man, one of my coaches, and he was doing a retreat in Montana. This is about, I want to say two years ago. So I'm in Montana, him and I, it, it was a group for men. He would do these retreats one weekend for couples, and then he would do another one just for men. So I went to the men retreat. There's about 15 of us, amazing time. And just him and I were driving back, um, from from one of the like the hikes that we had just went on and we we're talking about life and he's heard my story many a times and he he hears what a pivotal part my mom plays in my story and then he asked me he's like yo alfie like 
I never hear you talk about your dad. Like, what what role, you know, has your dad played? And I told him, I was like, you know, my dad wasn't really there much growing up. He was there, basically, he was kicked out of the house when I was three years old. So I didn't have, like, these grand memories when I was young. You know, I would talk to him on the phone here and there. And then when I was in, like, fifth grade, he kind of, like, moved back in the house. And he was around for, like, two, three years. But when I say around, like... You know, he was still out in the streets, kind of just doing whatever he was doing. He would sleep there. My mom would cook him food, all of that. We didn't have deep conversations. And then, you know, got kicked out again from my mom and lived with my grandmother. And I would see him, interact with him. But we never had a lot of depth, right, to our relationship. And I was explaining this to Mike. And then Mike goes, man, he's like, when I look at your story and all the things that you've done and all the things that you seek out, it's almost like you're you're consistently yearning or leaning into these rites of passage. And I look back in my life and I'm like, okay, like, yeah, I can see it with football, right? But then I thought about, okay, you know, I joined my fraternity when I was a, a sophomore in college and that has its own rites of passage, right, type of aspect to it. And then I think about my different plant medicine ceremonies that I've had where I've gone to, you know, very specifically facilitated intentional um, journeys and all in each journey in itself is like a rite of passage right or if I just do little things where it's like you know getting in the cold plunge or it's, it's doing um, you know just like all different types of things that I kind of challenge myself or to grow and Mike helped me realize like damn because I didn't really have much rites of passage when I was young it's like something within me knew that I need to seek those things out to improve myself. And I was like, damn, like that's so true for me. And I can see how many other people never really have the opportunity to have a, a rite of passage in their life where it's like, Hey, before you start this, you are a boy. And then once you finish this thing, you're now a man. And now these are the different responsibilities that you have. These are the different expectations of you. This is how you get to show up in your life now. And I think that's something that's missing. And it's something that I think all of us men can benefit from because we need that rite of passage or we need that that clear distinction of like, hey, we're going from boy to man. And like I went through something like, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, like the real rites of passages, it's all four of those things, right? It's a physical challenge, it's a mental challenge, it's an emotional challenge. You got to go within, you got to tap into spirit. And when people have that, I think that's what can make them a great man on the other side. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about stuff that's like super, super deep. And, and the reason I say that is because the only rite of passage that most boys have that become men is just age. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I feel like education should be so much deeper than the, the schooling system that we have right now, which just teaches you how to be an employee. Right. And nothing else. Mm -hmm. I, I really do think that there should be classes on empathy, on compassion, on vulnerability. Uh, because when, when you can fully learn yourself and be very honest with yourself, 
um, your experiences with other humans would be different. And For sure. even when you're going through experiences like, you know, the ones that you've gone through, which are the rites of passage, uh, they're going to be much more meaningful and not, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's, 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 I'm having a hard time explaining it. I get where you're going. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's one of these things where, to your point, like how you talk about the age thing. It's like I, I look around and there's a bunch of grown ass boys in the world because, yeah, they're aged because they're over 18 and they're whatever. They're in the 20s, 30s, 60s, 70s. They're quote unquote a man because by age, sure. But they've never really even learned what it even means to be a man. And if we look back, and I forgot where I heard this, but it was so true. I was listening to a podcast years ago. And if you think about the different things we go through as we're growing up of how we compare ourselves to others or how we become quote unquote men, right? It's like when we're really little kids, a lot of us play sports and you're thought of as being the man if you're the best at your sport, right? Like if whatever sport, basketball, football, soccer, hockey, whatever you're playing, if you're the best one at that sport, then people are like, oh, yeah, like that guy's the man, right? That's the man. You get a little bit older and now you're in like that high school, college age. Now it's all about, well, who gets the most girls? Like if you're out there and you're, you're smashing the most chicks, you're going on the most dates, all the most girls like you. Well, now you're the man because you're having the most sex, right? And then you get a little bit older, you get into your, you know, early in your career, you're in your 20s, you know, early 30s to, you know, whatever. Now it's, well, how much money do you make? Whoever has the most cars, you know, the nicest watches, the clothes, right? The, the house, the crib, all of that. Now you're looked at as the man. And again, I'm not saying any of these things are necessarily good or bad, but this is how oftentimes we're trying to justify if someone's a upstanding man or not. And then what happens after that? It's like, all right, you got all the money, right? You may have the women, but then there's still so many guys who have those things and they're, they're miserable. But are you a good person? Are you right. happy? Are you, do you bring joy to other people? And yeah, I think that, that, um, that concept is so far away from today's society. Mm -hmm. uh, and th th that's like one of the, one of my, I guess, whys. I, I really just want to be able to bring awareness to, to that type of stuff. Yeah, I think it's important. What would you say if you like, you had to give it like the top three tangible things that, you know, a man can do today to be a better man? What are some of the things you'd bring up? Um, I think men are in, in not innately, like be, from like, you know, societal upbringings are very impatient. Mm. Um, and I, I think, um, I think men need to study women okay. a lot more. Um, and, and not necessarily, the problem is there's like the masculine and then there's the feminine, right? And then there's divine masculine and the divine feminine. Right. And we have both. Absolutely. Within us. And I think that men need to go deep inside and try to find that 
divine feminine, but it's when you ask me like, what are the three tangible things that man can do? Um, I can't give you a straight answer because you can't, you can't tell a man to do three things and that's going to make him a better man. Okay. So instead of maybe just three direct things, like say in, in your instance, you're like, Hey, like, you know, you got to learn more about divine masculinity and divine femininity. Where are some sources or like some resources or things that they can look into that maybe that you've looked at that really helped you in that journey? Um, honestly, a lot of different podcasts, um, mm -hmm. like books. There's, um, I, I think I've told you to read A Happy Pocket Full of Money. Yeah. Well, you told me to, and I told you I had read it already. Oh, you had already read it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that book is extremely necessary for a lot of people to read. Um, I love I think it. The Power of Now is a book Huge. that's very important to read. Edgar um, Tolley. Yeah. And and people like uh, Danny Morell, I think his name is. Okay, I'm not familiar with Danny Morell. No. At least not by name. Okay, I'm going to send you his stuff. He's absolutely amazing. He talks about how he helps people awaken in life. Okay. Um, podcasts like Man Enough. Have you heard uh, Man Enough with uh, Justin Baldoni? I haven't. That's a huge podcast that I feel every man should absolutely listen to. I think it should be like um, a prerequisite to becoming a man. He has a book called Humans Will Be Boys. Mm. I'm sorry, Boys Will Be Human. Okay. That was a, a complete uh, dyslexia. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's called Boys Will Be Human. And it talks about a bunch of the things that I was talking about before. And, mm -hmm. you know, all these things that a boy goes through as they're growing up and how it could be avoided if their father figure or not even their father figure, but somebody around them can can speak to them. Right. Because that's what happens. Like we, you know, it's like, man, we don't want to talk to our kids. Mm. We don't want to explain the importance of sex and and how to do the thing. Right, you know? right, right. Um, explaining and, and, you know, a lot of we're we're taught by example. So we see our parents or our fathers not talk about their feelings. You know, if they're crying, they're hiding. Right. Um, they don't mess up ever, right? They're perfect. Uh, so I think as men, if we're able to just like let our guard down a little bit, uh, be more in touch with our feminine side. Mm -hmm. And that, those feminine traits are unfortunately empathy, compassion, you know, being vulnerable. If we can tie that in with, you know, the masculine, which is, you know, leading by example and, and you know, being like financially strong I guess mm -hmm. and I think those are the things that would make men a lot better and it would help a lot the relationship that men have with women I like that there's a lot of lack of respect from men to women because we don't understand why women take up all this time to talk about their feelings mm. like what like what like we don't find importance in talking about our emotions because what we have wired in our heads is money power Money, power, money, power. So if, if, if it has nothing to do with how are we going to make more money, we don't want to hear it. Mm, I feel that. You know what I mean? For sure. For and, sure. And yeah, I, I think that is like a huge awakening that most men need to go through. I love that. And how long do you feel like this awakening has been going on for you now? Like you had to put a timestamp on it. Just understanding like that blend between the masculine and the feminine and, and Make, have yeah, have I, I think there was, a, there was a big switch um, 
You know what? It's actually at the beginning of COVID, and I don't think it has anything to do with COVID. I was just in a relationship that I wasn't. I, I didn't see like much respect on my end for her, mm. unfortunately. Um, and I think that was due to resentment that grew over the time of me not talking about certain things, mm. right? Uh, and that's when I started to realize the things that, that I talked about in the in the previous episode about you know my dad and how he treats my mom and me just becoming more aware and paying attention to the things around me and uh, since then I started to make a really big shift in my life um, but as far as like you know the divine feminine divine masculine all that I think it's just this past year it's just really diving deep into it and and finally getting to the point where I'm just like okay with who I am and and what I can bring to the table mm, and I've learned to, I've learned to talk about literally anything and everything with anybody like I don't I'll tell you exactly how I feel about di different things and I'm not going to feel ashamed about it because you're probably going through the similar thing or you're mm. probably going through something of your own but like everybody's going through something 100%. And, and when you as a man if you're able to be vulnerable like that and talk to people especially you you're you're a very manly man right Mm -hmm. Right. You, Absolutely. You've always done a lot of sport and you have a very strong voice and you have a very strong presence. Um, and you also look very manly and you also have a fiance. Right. And she's a woman. So you're by no means not a man. Right. Um, so if you're able to lead by example in the sense of being vulnerable and talking about all your insecurities, then you're giving way for other men to do the same thing. Yeah, and no, I agree 100%. And I really resonate with this idea of like having such peace with myself and knowing who I am that that allows me to speak freely, right? And to be able to talk about the things that I believe are important, to be able to talk about my story, to be able to talk about the things that have helped me and simply put that out there so that it can potentially help someone else, just like you said. And I, and I think as, as we grow as individuals and as we grow as men as long as we're starting with ourselves not in the selfish way but start when i say starting with ourselves like really having a great relationship with ourselves, that's what puts us in a position to have a great relationship with others dude it's the it's the whole oxygen mask right if you're exactly. in an airplane are you gonna put your oxygen mask first before you help anybody else and if you don't help yourself if you don't love yourself if you don't heal yourself first you can't help anybody else hundred you know? percent. I love that. And yeah, as far as like the leading by example, you know, I've, I've, I've kind of changed up and I talk about my content because, you know, I'm like very active on social media, just as you are. Yeah. Um, trying to kind of like change the narrative and change the message and, and show men that it is okay to be soft and it is okay to treat your woman right and to like put it out there and it's okay to hold her hand. Because, you know, when you're a kid, right, you're a little boy and you're in elementary or middle school or whatever, and you're holding your girl's hand, what do your boys say? Oh, you're whipped. <laughs> right. Right? You're a simp, uh -huh. whatever it is that you are. Mm -hmm. So, and, and that carries on to, to when you become, you know, an adult also. I actually put up a, a post on TikTok about what a man should do every day to, make, to keep their woman happy. And I lay Kate, Kate on her back and I'm kissing her all over. Mm -hmm. Right. And one of the comments was this guy that wrote gay. Mm. So first of all, using gay as a derogatory term is absolutely incorrect. So obviously but... right off the bat, I, I lose respect for this man. Mm -hmm. um, 
But then it's like, if you think about it logically, I'm a man and I'm kissing my wife. Mm. Why are you why are you saying that it's gay? Like what what right. is it? So so I think he used the incorrect word and I think he said it more as of like weak. And that's why I'm right. saying he's using the word gay as a derogatory term. Mm. Because right. he's trying to call me weak. And and that's what happens, you know, whenever you do things that are feminine when you're young, when you're a boy, all your other friends are like, Oh, stop being a girl. Mm. So you're right. a little boy. You're 15, 13 years old, whatever you are, and you're already being told that being a girl is a negative thing. Mm. So right. what happens? You start to not respect women because being a girl is not a positive thing. Right. No being one's affirming feminine that. Feminine is, is not a positive thing. Mm. Right? So then, you know, everything that you do, you're trying to be as far away from what a feminine being would do. Right. And it's just, it's, I think that's a huge problem. Yeah. You're so right. I mean, you're so right. And I think it's one of these things where we get to realize, like, one, a lot of the messaging that we get or that we even use today is often from conditioning that we have from when we were younger. And oftentimes it's happening from our peers, right? It's either from our peers or it's from our parents, our dad, older brother, who cousin, grandfather, whoever. And I think it takes living life to understand that all of those people also have their faults, right? And maybe they didn't learn well and whatever it is. But at the end of the day, what I always come back to is personal responsibility. And for me, it's like, look, I can look at things and I can know what's right for me. And I can look at any situation and be like, hey, I can have a, a level of you know compassion for it and be like, hey, like, okay, that person's saying what they say because of their upbringing, that's what they believe, whatever it is. I don't necessarily have to get mad at that person, but I understand that that person thinks that way because of their upbringing and what they go through. And I'm not necessarily going to let that bring me down. I might not go hang out with that person, right? I might not go be that person's best friend, but I have to understand that I don't need to let that impact how I view myself and how I view my life and ultimately be in this place where I'm constantly looking to be my word, live out my values, and understand as I grow and I learn more, things are going to change and being open to that level of change. change. Yeah, and, and the reason, and, and, and you're saying all these things as a very mature adult that's gone through so much work. You've done so mm. much inner work. You've done, you know, your, your retreats and, and your ceremonies and the books that you read and you're very in touch with yourself. Um, but I always like to go back to being a little boy because when you're a little boy, you don't have the ability to to come up with all, the, all this reasoning that you're coming up with right now. Right. You know? and, and it's not that it's too late, but you know, you get to the point where you're 30, 40 years old and maybe you get to a point of enlightenment and you realize, damn, I did all this damage and then you can repair it. But you know, most people die and they, they never get to the point where, you, where they're saying the things that you're saying. Uh, and that's why, you know, the book that Justin Baldoni wrote, uh, Boys Will Be Human, impacted me so much because it all starts when you're a little boy. Right. So that's what, so going back to your question where you're like, what are some of the things that men could do in order to make, you know, this world a better place? I think it's that, it's educating, you know, the, the younger generation. Because, Absolutely. Because also, like, you can be, you know, when, when you're a dad, you're going to be, 
very compassionate for your kid and you're going to be very empathetic and you're going to teach them a lot of different values that men usually don't teach their kids. And you're probably going to have very open communication with them. Right? You're going to hold space for them. Right. And maybe your kid's going to be a sensitive kid. I know my kid's going to be very sensitive and I know my kid's going to be very affectionate to his mom because I am. Right, right. Right? So when you bring your woman flowers, your kid sees that. And when you call your woman beautiful, she wants to call his mom, or he wants to call his mom beautiful. Right. Right? And they're going to take that with them to school. And unfortunately, since the majority of men don't do that, their kids are going to, you know, make fun of your kid. And then that's a problem because it's just, it's a cycle where these kids make fun of your kid and your kid is, you know, 12 year old, 12 years old, you know, and he's got his own insecurities. And maybe he's so secure with himself because of the way that you raised him that he comes to you and says, hey, listen, this is happening in school. It's making me feel this way. And then you have a rational conversation and, you know, the kid grows up to be, you know, strong and, you know, all the things that you would want a man to, to be. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times they don't want to take that in school. They right. feel bullied and they're like, you know what? Like, okay, I love my dad. But I don't think that the things that my dad is teaching me are helping me in today's society. Mm. And, and society is, is a tough place to live in because like being vulnerable and soft and sensitive are not respected, especially mm-hmm. when you're a man. Right. No, for sure. No, I, I, I really hear what you're saying. And it's going to be interesting, man. Like when I become, you know, a father and... You know, we we already have a name for our son, young Zion. When Zion gets here, it's it's like number one, I want him to be himself, right? And I, I want it to be this thing where, of course, I'm gonna do my best to impart these these great values in him. And I think there's gonna become a point in his life. I don't know this, but I imagine you know it's happened in my life. It probably happened in your life and many others, where like. It almost doesn't matter what our parents say. We want to try to figure things out on our own. And maybe that leads to, you know, listening more to what our peers are saying or whoever. And my hope is that while my son is on his journey, he goes through the process of figuring out who it is that he wants to be. And and it's like whatever you decide that you're going to be, you you embody that through your actions, right? You do it wholeheartedly every day and again it's like i have no idea how it's actually going to be because i'm not a, i'm just not there yet i have my vision of what i hope it is and it's going to be a fascinating journey but i think it's going to come down also to showing him all the sides of it right of, of what it is to be an upstanding human being like yes it's going to be on the sides of compassion empathy and all those things and it's going to be on the side of like how to use logic right how to be physically strong how to stand up for yourself right because you know when you give your example of like hey you might learn these things in the house but then you get made fun of it when you're at school man i'm hoping that my you know my son can stand on his too and if someone's not challenging him to a point where it's just words and things like that but if it ever got to the point where someone really tried to bully him like he's gonna have the okay to not allow that to happen you know what I'm saying? And um, 
and yeah, it's going to be an interesting flow between like, all right, you get into your first argument or you get into your first fight or you get into whatever it is, being able to be a man through those situations. And I think part of being that man is going to be one, understanding the why behind you did it. Like, what were you feeling? Like, what of your values got crossed? Like, what was the thing that had you show up and do that thing or say that thing or whatever it is? But then also understand that every single thing you do has consequences, right? And it's like, now what are the consequences you got from that thing? And how does that impact your life now? And do you want, yeah, do you want more of those consequences? The good ones, yes, and the bad ones, probably not. So I think it's going to be interesting to like just find that balance. And, you know, I joke with Alejandro all the time. I half joke, I half joke, because it's serious at the same time, where it's like, there's going to be a time when Zion challenges, challenges me, yeah. right? And, and that's a beautiful moment, dude. And, yeah. But that's the thing. I think you're humble enough and, and, and understand that a kid can teach you so much more than you can teach them. Yeah. I think it goes both ways for sure. Yeah. And I'm not saying you can't teach them a lot. I think no, you're going to be a fantastic father if anyone's going to be one. Um, but I do think if we take the time to listen mm-hmm. to our kids, we can learn so much oh a thousand percent and, i wholeheartedly and, and, believe but, that but unfortunately a, a lot of adults don't don't believe that yeah well a lot of adults don't listen to anybody in, including their intuition including you know themselves and uh again that's why i think it comes back to like being stuck in that boy mentality where it's like if if a person if, if a person's not open to whether it's critique or whether it's just taking a step back and looking at the action and they're just so caught up in like, nope, this is who I am and this was right because I said so. It's like, all right, like, well, how's that serving you, right? Like, how's that helping you? And if it has you feel quote unquote safe because you don't have to dive within yourself, you're only going to get so much out of life from that. It's probably not going to be phenomenal things. So tis what it is. Yeah, but we start with ourselves, man. And, and I really appreciate your perspective on this. And I really love seeing your growth because it's an example of what's possible for each and every one of us. Right. And just bro, keep putting your message out there. Keep expressing yourself the way that you do. I love the post you had the other day about your hair and letting those curls flow and, you know what I'm saying? Growing it out and bro, continue to be you, man. Cause you do it well. well. Yeah. I think this is a topic that I'm definitely exploring more and more and more. Um, I actually just like dive into it every single day whether it's through podcasts or reading, I'm going to send you some of these podcasts so you can, so Please. You can take a look at them because I think you'll really enjoy them. Um, and, I, and, I, and I'm still trying to find my voice. Absolutely. Uh, because there's, you know, you asked me a few questions and there's still things that I, you know, don't know how to answer properly. Um, but I do think it's something that I really want to keep uh, exploring. I want to keep challenging myself. And I do think that it has made me a better human, just like trying to understand, you know, the masculine and the feminine and how they both play a role in each person. Um, Amen. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been nice. Hell yeah. Well, I would say, bro, keep it's brought using me a lot your of voice. What's that? It's brought me a lot of peace. And I yeah. think inner peace is so fucking important. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean... I, I think that's one of my that's the one of the number one driving factors in my life is being able to have peace because I know what it's like to not have, to have it. it. Yeah. 
like just being okay with who you are, what you bring to the table, and and self and that's self love, right? And self love doesn't mean, okay, I love myself and I'm not gonna work on myself anymore. It's it's kind of、mm-hmm. just like it's not this like um, uh, what's it called? It's not settling, right? It's not saying、right. okay, well. I'm obese, or whatever. I'm a piece of shit, or whatever. This、yeah. is what I do, and I love myself for it. No, it's it's loving yourself enough to work on yourself every single day.、Um, and I think the most important thing to anybody that's listening is learning how to ask yourself why. With everything、mm-hmm. that you do, with everything that happens in your life, like just keep asking yourself why, and you're always going to find the answer if you dig deep enough. I love that. I love that. And I love that question because. I truly believe that the answers are within us, and sometimes it's as simple as asking ourselves the question and being open to receiving the answers that we get. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yee, my boy Martin, bro, love this conversation. You know, I appreciate everything that you're about. Continue to share your voice, and as long as you're doing it with a level of authenticity and intention. I mean, you're 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 gonna know what your voice is, and it's gonna continue to shine.、Right. So, thank you for the opportunity to. To share my voice, you know, share my thoughts, share whatever it is that I'm thinking, and for giving me a platform, I appreciate、Absolutely. you. And I love you very dearly, dude. Ah,、uh, I love you too, brother. And bro, we'll do this again for sure. Where can everyone find you online on TikTok, Instagram, websites, all that good stuff? Ah,、uh, so it's my last name, so it's at Galpspan, G E L B S P A N. You can find me on all social platforms. I love it. I love it for everyone listening. Please check out Martine and Kate. They are amazing. They're doing so many great things in the world and leading by example. And you will be giving yourself a great service if you tap into everything that they're up to these days. Martine, again, I appreciate you, my brother, and we'll have you back real soon. You too. Dynamic blessings.